Shabbat Shalom. What is a Jewish response to political violence? Last Friday, we learned that Paul Pelosi was brutally attacked in his home by a man who apparently was there to do violence to his wife, the Speaker of the House, and the third in line of succession to the presidency, Nancy Pelosi. Let me first say that the Speaker is a friend of our congregation, especially through her commitment to the San Francisco Interfaith Council. Also, she is a friend of Rita Semmel's, and any friend of Rita Semmel's is a friend of ours. And so our hearts go out to the Pelosi's. They are part of our San Francisco community, and Representative Pelosi is a deeply religious person herself, has long stood up for values that are central to Judaism, the dignity and worth of each human being, the pursuit of justice in society, and perhaps most poignantly, the pursuit of peace. I know that even those in our congregation who do not share her political views share our outrage against this vicious attack. On this, I am certain we speak with one voice. Judaism is no stranger to political violence. Throughout our history, we have been victims of such violence, often the convenient scapegoat in political battles that should have never had anything to do with us. There have also been those among us who have chosen to be non-state actors who use violence to achieve political aims. And it's complicated. We rightfully celebrate those who bravely fought in the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, using violence to fight Nazis and protect Jewish lives. And we are ashamed of fanatics like Meir Kahana and his followers in organizations like the Jewish Defense League who use violence motivated by racism and hatred in the name of Judaism. And so it's a bit difficult to universally condemn all use of violence in the name of our tradition. And at the same time, the type of political violence done to Paul Pelosi is unquestionably at odds with Jewish values for many reasons. But here's a couple of them. First, while one can argue for the use of violence in the name of Jewish values, I am not aware of any Jewish law that permits violence other than violence for the purpose of self-defense. Certainly we find examples of offensive violence in the Torah, but the rabbinic tradition has spent 2,000 years strongly steering us away from that. A classic example is the case of ayin tachet ayin, eye for an eye. In the Torah, it's pretty clear what that means. But in Sanhedrin, a tractate of the Talmud, the rabbis work to change what this means into compensatory damages. That is, if someone were to hurt your eye, they have to pay you. You don't get to gouge their eye out back. There's also a strong case against hatred in Judaism. Leviticus 19.17 reads, Do not hate your brother in your heart. The book of Leviticus, if you can get past its seemingly archaic set of laws dealing with sacrifice, holds up a vision for holy community. Over and over, through the rituals and laws God demands, we are reminded that we are responsible for one another. And it could go on about the case against violence in Judaism. 
but also you know this. You know that our tradition is ultimately a tradition of peace. And for me to just give a sermon that the attack was bad is rather, would be rather banal. And so in addition to reminding you of the tradition's values of opposing most violence and standing up for peace and human dignity, there is a different element that I think needs to be brought out. This week's Torah portion is Lech Lecha, as Rabbi Jonathan beautifully spoke about earlier. The story of Abraham and Sarah setting out for a new life, leaving behind everything they knew. And this act of courage was not only about a new future, but it was very much a rejection of the culture of the place where they were from. Midrash teaches that Abraham saw idolatry for what it was, the worship of that which is false and that, will that which will ultimately never save us. And in response, he rejected the system and went after something brave and new. Our culture, and sadly many cultures in our world, are in desperate need of the kind of courage that Sarah and Abraham had. The growing fascist and right-wing violent political movements here and in so many countries, sadly including Israel, practice their own kind of idolatry, a worship of power and violence, rejecting the sacred democratic agreements that allow for a society to live in peace, they raise up idols of bigotry and hatred in our communities, desecrating the most sacred of places. We need to be brave enough to set a course for a new direction, for a new proverbial land. The attack on Paul Pelosi is the attack at Tree of Life Synagogue, is the attack on the mosque in New Zealand. It is January 6th. It is the Charlie Hebdo shooting. It is Nazis marching under the banner of Unite the Right in Charlottesville. Speaking of Charlottesville, shortly after that shameful episode, another right-wing hate group planned to hold a gathering here in San Francisco. Remember that? This city responded as only San Francisco does, with an outpouring of love. Well, okay, there was also a coordinated effort to walk many, many dogs in the field where they plan to meet and not pick up after them. <laughs> but let's call that love too. <laughs> but if you also recall, one part of that response happened right here in this room. An interfaith crowd that nearly filled our sanctuary gathered that weekend. Faith leaders and elected officials spoke. We sang together. We felt love and courage together. And that is the image I want to leave you with because I think this is the ultimate Jewish response to political violence. We oppose violence with community by building the kind of power that only happens when people who are different come together because they can see the new land that God has always promised is there if we are just brave enough to go. Shabbat Shalom.